Hello, Fun Fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Fun Fans Podcast. I'm your host, James Dillard. With me, as always, my co-host, Bailey Jackson. How you doing, Bailey? I'm good. We're back. As you can see, we have former defensive tackle Vance Hammond with us, and we're going to get to a good interview with him later. We're going to talk about some basketball and Bailey's basketball beat. We're going to also talk about some conference expansion, our game day designations for the upcoming football season, and we'll highlight opening weekend for baseball and softball that we had at Clemson this past weekend. And we have our first ever Tumblr giveaway. Look at there, from our friends at Diamond Etch Products and your friends here at the Fun Fans Podcast. But first, we need to point out that we are far part. Oh, that was a good one, wasn't it? That's good, great stuff. For the Fanboy Fangirls Podcast Network. If you're a true sports fan, the Fanboys Fangirls is perfect for you. Find various nationwide podcasts and other sports media at thefanboys.com, all over Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. The Fun Fans Podcast is the official podcast for Clemson fans. If you scroll to the bottom of thefanboys.com, you can help support our troops at Homes for Troops at the bottom of the Fanboys website. And we love supporting Homes for Troops. There we go. Just get that up there for a second. And what else do we love, Bailey? Well, we love Clemson and we love uh, Rubens. Rubens has two locations in the upstate. Uh, 180, I'm sorry, 1083 Batesville Road in Greer and 11028 Anderson Road in Piedmont. Food, sports, spirits, and catering. Find them at rubensc.com. It's simply a great place to eat for all sports fans. And James, you went over there last night, right? Oh, man, yeah. I went to Rubens last night after our home playoff basketball game. A little shout-out uh, to the GMC Blazers for a great season in basketball. Didn't make it past the second round, but honestly, it was a great season to get into the second round. But uh, my daughter and I went to Rubens, and, and you know, everybody thinks about wings and there's French fries and all that kind of stuff. I actually, you know, it's, it's the new year and trying to be, you know, new me, new whatever – little grilled chicken wrap action with with a vegetable medley if you see the picture on my facebook so it's it's you can you can do whatever you want at rubens but another quick shout out while we're there uh to the eric wheeler band i hope i'm pronouncing that correctly don't know the guy but they were doing a great job so if anybody just want to give a shout out to them i thought you know for a cover band of what they were doing there uh, i thought they, those guys were doing a really really good job so anyway very good but Let's get to our guest. Mr. Vance Hammond is a USA Today top 25 pick from Dorman High School. We might talk about the U a little more uh, in the podcast here. One of the Tigers' most decorated recruits from 1986, lettered for Clemson at defensive tackle from 1987 to 1990, and was actually drafted by the Phoenix Cardinals and spent three years in the CFL. Mr. Vance Hammond. Vance, how are you doing today? Hey, doing great. Doing good. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the, the call. Hey, we just we appreciate you being on here. And I, I'm on real quick before we get into the questions. Sure. And Vance don't even know this, but I remember watching him, obviously watching him play. And I'm not gonna say when I was a kid, because we're we're right behind Vance. <laughs> and I actually went to the high school. We played against Dorman, and I remember thinking, boy, I'm glad I didn't have to play against Vance Hammond. Uh came in just a couple of years after. After that, in Region Two Four A, folks our age remember that old Region Two Four A. Oh man, that was that was some tough going. So, uh, but anyway, 
So Vance, tell Clemson Nation uh, what you're up to these days. What, what's what's Vance Hammond got going on? Oh, Vance, uh, Vance uh, living the dream. Uh, married, raising kids. Uh, you know, there are three hots in a cot. But uh, working for the uh, kids upstate. Uh, we're we're a youth development organization. That does after school uh, and also summer camps. Uh, we're in 18 sites in Spartanburg and Cherokee County, and uh, serve over 1,700 kids a day in after school. And usually we serve about 800 in the summertime. Uh, and just love what I get a chance to do. I've been been working for them for uh, 19 years now. And, uh, just uh, like I said, there's not a kickball game I can't play and a snack that I don't like. I heard that. <laughs> I heard that. That's awesome. So, uh, speaking of playing the sport, and maybe this is a question everybody wants to know: What was it like playing uh, for legendary Coach Ford? Uh, <laughs> Coach Ford was awesome. Coach Ford was fantastic. Uh, he was honest, uh, fair. Uh, taught me a lot of life lessons. He was a great recruiter, as everybody probably would, yeah, would know. Uh, but uh, more than anything, just a great mentor and a great, great person to you know have a chance to you know, be recruited by. I mean, it, yeah, when I was coming through '81 national championship, the the dark years, which they were fantastic. Nobody talks about '82, '83, '84, '85. Uh, we come back and make the Independence Bowl, and it's like, okay, that that program. He's fought it through. He's working through uh, all that great talent, uh, even through probation, everything else. Uh, and you know, when he when he recruited me, uh, Switzer had called, Holtz had called, uh, all these coaches had called, and I'd tell Mama, and I'd come home, and I'd say, Mama, and Barry Switzer wants to come by the house. He wants to, he wants to, he wants to do a home visit. She said, no, nah, you just tell him to meet you up there at the school. I said, okay. <laughs> I said, Mama, didn't you know, uh, it, 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 Holtz wants to come by? No, nah, you just you go ahead and just meet. Baby, it's your decision. There's no need to, to have to do anything other. You, you, you're going to be a big boy. You're going to make a good decision. I said, Mama, Coach Ford wants to come by the house. She goes, when's he coming? What's he want to eat? <laughs> and, and that was and that was a true story. I had uh, I had half my church in the whole neighborhood there. He stayed for about four hours <laughs> on his home visit. We had the best time. Um, but he was honest. He was always up front. I, he, he, you didn't want to have to have to talk to him. But if he did have to talk to him, if he told you, yeah, he could help you out, or yeah, you was wrong, he, he was telling you the truth. Um, several times you know just growing up and, and being young uh i always appreciate and even now that i'm older uh, he didn't play any mind games i mean right. if you would if you, would, if you wouldn't do what you're supposed to he did tell you you ain't doing what you're supposed to um there wasn't any any fancy words or you know psychology about it it was either you know get it right or get going or you, you're gonna have a long day ahead of you uh and i appreciate that and uh, he was always honest and upfront with me uh and still to this day he was uh, when i got the job uh, with kids upstate and had to have a fundraiser. I remember moving back here and back home, and I didn't know who to call. And I said, well, somebody said, call Coach Ford. And I said, well, I got his cell number. Sure enough, he answered. And I said, he said, I'll be there. Just tell me what date. And uh, one of the best fundraisers I ever had and did a fantastic job. And he's just that He's that type of guy. He's loyal. He's, he's honorable. He's a good man. All right. Well, I'm, I believe in booking a meeting from a meeting. And you talking about Coach Ford and his cell phone number. We might have to – you might have to help us get him on the podcast now. I'm – I, I we walk past Coach Ford on our way to the game every game, right, Bailey? Yep. And hey, there's Coach Ford. Just and I, I, I don't know. It's hard to even say hello. You know, he's a legend, yeah. and you know, don't know me or whatever. But uh, I should probably at least say hello because uh, I've definitely offer, heard. Offer him a glass of sweet tea and something to eat, and he'll be there every Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. I heard that. So I also heard that. 
your dad was a state trooper that helped the coaches on and off the field. Was that when you played? Well, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a beautiful story. Yeah, thank you so much for talking about my daddy. Uh, but, uh, my daddy's the one. Uh, he played at Wingate. Uh, you know, it is a junior college and played uh, one state championship when he was in high school. I can talk about my daddy on about a whole hour. But uh, daddy was a highway patrolman, uh, a trooper. Uh, we got to go to the ball games. They used to be at Hardee's over there, believe it or not, across the street. Uh, from the stadium, and that's where Daddy worked. Daddy worked that intersection. Uh, I think he parked the preacher so much he finally got on the deacon board at the church. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> and he was a Clemson grad, <laughs> Joe Dempsey. But anyway, uh, that's how I got to go to Clemson. Uh, I, I, at nine years old, uh, I'd go with Daddy, and uh, one o'clock kickoff, he'd let me out of that car, and I'd just take off. I'd just go anywhere I wanted. And the only rule was, as long as I could see the stadium, I I could go anywhere I wanted on that campus and uh, just had great memories, great times. Uh, got to play in Diddy. would get into the stadium about second quarter. had to leave the third quarter. And this is what I'm telling you about Coach Ford. This, it, this all ties in together. My brother was a GA there, uh, Mark Hammond, your secretary of state. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started playing. Uh, and I had the red shirt year, but I got to play in, in the next year. And uh, I just went there and honestly – Sat down in the meeting with Coach Ford. I said, Coach, we got to talk. And he goes, what's wrong, Vance? I said, well, I said, my dad has to work his games. And my dad don't get into the state until the second quarter. And I said, he has to leave the third. And I said, I said, Coach, I said, it, it just really break my heart. My dad gets to me play a whole ball game because he's got to work. And he said, well, I don't think that's right either. And we needed the money. Uh, that's what, I mean, that was daddy got overtime for it. So anyway, right. long, story, long story short, uh, about ooh, 12 hours after that, daddy called me in my dorm room and, Said the colonel just called me, and I said, "Really?" He goes, "Yeah." He said, "Coach wants to be his bodyguard." I said, "He wants me to wants me to escort the team in. Wants me to go any away games if I want to go. Uh, and, and does not want me to wants me to take him home after the game after the press conference, so I don't miss anything." I said, "Well, that's just the greatest news I've ever heard." That's right. <laughs> but that's right, that's 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 the type of man he was. Uh, and like I said, he didn't have to do that. And, and, and we made memories. Uh, my first game against Virginia Tech, touching the rock with my brother, Mark, uh, running down that hill. And my daddy down there on that sideline waiting for me to come down that hill. And, and what, a, what, a, what a moment to share as a family uh, to accumulate just years of going over there. And just like I said, just being able to be, to be a Tiger from nine years old all the way up to well, 55. There you go. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. That, that is definitely awesome. So, Speaking of uh, the college football, and obviously things are a lot different now than they were back, uh, we can say back in the day because it's about the same time me and Baylor, it's just right before Bailey and I were students over there. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, in your opinion, is the biggest positive change in college football? And, I mean, as a whole, not necessarily Clemson, but all the, the NIL, the transfer portal, the TV, this, that, and the other. It, what's, what, in your opinion, is the – most positive change. Oh God! I mean, there, it's it's changed. You know, it's changed so much. Uh, like I said, when we still had a couple of one one o'clock kickoff games when I played, uh, you know, and then uh, TV revenues, uh, TV, uh, you know, the opportunity to be on TV every game uh, uh, is unbelievable. Uh, NIL, I think it's still a lot to be worked out with uh, this process and procedures. I think uh, Clemson's done a very good job of kind of wading the waters and kind of getting their ducks lined up. I think a lot of people may have jumped on a little bit too early and over, over-promised, under-promised that it was going to be more than they thought it was going to be. And I think we did the right thing. I think there's a lot of good people making good decisions about that. Uh, I think it's great. 
that the kids get so much, uh, you know, social medias, and, and I think it's, you know, I think it's bad. Uh, I think the poor kids can't hide uh, and can't get away. But I think the growth of the game, the, the, the way they play the game, the way they coach the game, uh, there's a lot more, you know, you're more, a lot more athletic. I tell uh, even my own son, uh, you know, when he's lifting, they're doing so many different workouts that I would have, like, would have, you know, they would strap us up, shoot the monument up our nose and say, here, here's a thousand pounds on the sled. See if you can push it mm-hmm. uh, where they're doing, you know, different workouts and more athletic things and explosion type stuff. And, you know, it's just, it really has, it's changed to, uh, in a good way. Uh, but NIL uh, transfer portal, uh, you know, I think there's some good things in that. I think it's great that a lot of these kids are understanding business. And understanding, you know, what opportunities are really in front of them and understanding networking. I was always impressed with Dabo and Clemson years ago when he was bringing in people and they were having discussions about, you know, what are you going to do after ball? What, what is your plan? What, what, these are people who make business decisions. This is what business is. Uh, you know, uh, not, not to knock it, but when I was there, I went to class, I went to Jervy, and I went to the stadium, and that was my rotation every day. Uh, if I did see somebody, it was just, you know, like we're doing here, he hauled about football. Uh, and I'm not knocking it, but it's really great how they're showing these kids how you can make a living, uh, how you can make an impact uh, in your community, in your business, and in, in your careers. Right. That is good. That is good. A lead up, follow up, I guess, is, and you mentioned the social media can be can be a bad thing for probably for all of us, but mm-hmm. definitely young folks. What do you think is the biggest negative to how football has changed? Is it the social media or is there something else? Uh, I think social media, uh, I think, uh, has a lot to do with it. I think, uh, I think a lot of the press for attention, I think, you know, either you're going to make it, either you're going to make attention for yourself by acts on or off the field or by setting up a character, or you're going to be this super phenomenal athlete that's going to be like, well, this guy's special and he got to do anything extra. And then you get the perfect storm, like you may be a Dion who can do both. <laughs> right. you know, he's a great athlete. He's a great salesman. He can, he can promote himself. And, and you get that rare, rare star like that. But I worry about those that spend more time into them, to themselves, the, the I, the me. The, 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 you know, football is still a team sport. The, the thing that I worry about in NILs and worry about just, you know, this is how it was in the league and, 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 and all that other stuff. And you wonder why quarterbacks buy – their offensive line Rolexes every Christmas is because they want to stay alive. So that's what I get kind of worried about. <laughs> you sit there and eventually, you know, if he, if he's over here showing his tail and coaches letting him show his tail and he's making, you know, 1.5 and I'm making 20,000, I mean, I'd, I'd be pleased with it myself, but why, why am I getting the same, you know, why am I, why am I not getting the same perk? And then you kind of get into the hee-haw and, and the locker room banders, uh, you know, and, and it's just growing. And it's just men making, you know, people, you know, being people. I think the I in football, you know, it's hard to explain this, uh, especially to this younger generation that's so into what I've done, my likes, my, my social media, my, my image, my, my platform, my NIL, my, my, my. And then you're in a game that takes 11. And if you ain't got five right. in front, it's wanting to protect you. If you ain't got five in front, you know, defensive line wanting to keep that big line off the linebacker. I mean, everybody's got to do their job. That's the greatest game about football. LeBron can go find four scrubs, and LeBron could probably get to the championship. But I'm telling you right now, you can't do that in football. That is correct. And, there's, and everybody's got to do their job, and everybody's got to – you've got to block just as much as – and that's what kind of, you know, worries me about, you know, 
yes, you go make the play, that's fine. But third down, if I need you to block that, that safety and you don't get inside and go block that safety and I don't pop this run, we got problems. Just don't right. run the route when you got your call on a slant or you got your call on a screen or you got or even on an offensive lineman. You know, it just goes on. But that, that's the thing that kind of bothers me uh, as we move into this new era uh, and kind of see. And, and even talking to these younger kids, you know, they it's they, they want the spot. They want to they want to see how many likes they get. They want they want to see. I, I hate to say it, the showboat or something like that. Uh, you know, it, it's refreshing to see a young man run score a touchdown, put the ball down, or hand it to the ref and go to the sideline and congratulate the other player. And we got a lot more of that when we do anything. I just hate the other ones getting the attention. That's right. And social media is tough on uh, a lot of folks, young folks, and not just athletes. And like you said, there's been the locker room, you know, what's going on in the locker room. That's Mm -hmm. always been a thing in sports. And now you've thrown money, and in a lot of cases, big money, uh, in that mix with these young kids and who knows what really yet to be seen probably some of the negative aspects that could possibly come out of that hopefully and like at Clemson is hopefully being handled in a, in a lot of other schools are handling in a very very professional Bailey and I did an entire episode mm-hmm. on NIL and transfer portal if anybody wants to go check it out on YouTube yeah. but uh, uh wow. but yeah pros and cons for sure when it comes to the changes in college that's kind of like what we said but what about Clemson specifically being a former Clemson player, how do you how do you feel about the state of our program right now? You know, it reminds me when I played. We were forty and eight, we're ten and two every year, and you know, it's like, oh god, we're, you know, we're so close, but we're so far. And we've mm-hmm. had that the last two years. Uh, but I think the program itself, uh, you know, watching Dabo, watching him. Coach being in meetings or not meetings, but just you know hearing him speak and, and getting to be a participant as an alumni uh, and talking to some of the former players and here listening to him and watching some of his moves. Uh, Coach McCorvick over there's Woody and Dan Pierman's over there who Woody coached me and I played with Pierman uh, when I was over there. And when you know you can kind of sit down and eat a piece of fried chicken and, and, and really get down to the to the to the nuts and bolts of it. Uh, very exciting. Uh, I like what he's I like what he's building. Uh, Clemson, as I said before, I've always felt like when Clemson won the championship in 1981, we really didn't know what what star we we had. We didn't under I don't know if we really, as a as a university, as a, as a community, understood what you, what you just did. Right. This, this 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 is thin air. This is this is this this sets programs off in a whole nother direction. And then you had the the, the probation and Ford one. I mean. And then oh, we're not we're gonna go give you money. We gotta wait. I mean, so you go through them whole years, but now you got okay, we gotta do this. If we're gonna be competitive, if we're gonna make the revenue, if we're gonna be an elite program, which Clemson can is and will will be, and they vested it, you know, uh, with I mean even with Bowden, but then of course with Dabo to the next step and he mm-hmm. is taking that and I've always said he runs a business. He's a great coach, he's a great right. leader. But if you really want to go back and look at him, and he, I think he finished in business administration from Alabama. But if you go back and really look at him and how he sets up and layers that program and his expectations, and when he pulled the trigger like he did, I said, now that's the Dabo I know. I said, that's the one that let Steele go. That's the one that went and found Morris. That's the one that knew Venerables was available. That's the one who had his finger on the pulse and said, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go get that guy because he, he's, he's gettable right now, and i got to move on. I got, I got, I've got to keep this momentum going. And I've got to be the best I can be in my position, which is hiring 
Because any head coach will tell you, you're only as good as what's underneath you. That's right. I mean, you're only as good as your coordinators and your coaches. And, and you know, all you're doing is, you know, kissing. I mean, I hate to say it, but you're kissing the babies and, and, and doing the speeches and, and, and moving the pieces. And, he, and he's really, I think he's about to get back to that. And it's going to be really huge for us. Good. We're we're looking forward to it. I know uh, that's that's a very good analysis, in in my opinion, that's for sure. What about uh, this podcast is about being a fan. We talk about our experiences. Do you regularly go to the games? Do you get to you just go and hang out and watch, or do you alumni guys get treated in some? You know, do y'all? I well, just give us an inside sneak peek oh, yeah. if you don't mind. Yeah. Well, there's a limousine. Red carpet. There's a limousine that pulls it off. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and they got a magic escalator that takes us all the way to the right. Second, uh, right, to, right, to, right to the upper deck, right yeah, to the yeah. second row from the top. No, I'm <laughs> Who wants to dot the eye today? Any of you Letterman want anyone, to dot the anyone, eye? Anyone yeah. here? Uh, I got to be a, a captain, honorary captain. I'm in the block C, uh, which is the alumni uh, for all the Letterman uh, club. Uh, Former players, uh, Bob Mahoney does a great job over there running that, and uh, we 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 get together. But I got to be an honorary captain uh, this year uh, for one game and had, had a great experience. It's it's first class. But even then, you get to go to the with the membership, the Block C. You get to go to uh, Little John. They have a little tailgate section, and they have some food where we can go over there uh, and get a bite to eat and fellowship and socialize. And then they'll also have a golf tournament in April at the spring game and some other events. But during the game, I. I got I got the four. I went to the last four this year. It's the first time I made four, four in a row. Uh, and, and and that last one, I still, still you know trying to get that taste out of my mouth. But anyway, oh, man. oh man, don't get me going. Uh, <laughs> whoa. So, but we we went uh, and and then every time I've got friends and they've got kids there and uh, family and uh, you know it, it's just home. Uh, I just right. I, I can't say anything more about it. I've uh, got a couple of my buddies and. Uh, Robbie Derricks and David Joyce and uh, Roger Hutchins and Chuck O'Brien's. I can go on and Stacy Seegers and you know when they all come in, we all get up under the tent and you know talk about how great it was and how much better we were. So anyway, but have a great time. Uh, <laughs> right. get, get back as soon as I can. Uh, but they, they do a great job. Uh, Clemson in developing their alumni uh, and listening to other players. I mean, there's still some things that you know we're, we're working on uh, to really bring those players back really uh, to you know, let them, you know, I hate to be as nice as I can, but have the experience of what they did for us at Clemson, uh, for our fans, for the university, uh, and treat them, treat them really well. And I think Clemson does a fantastic job uh, of keeping in touch and, and, and offering these programs. And that's all the sports. I mean, they have, they have more at soccer reunions and all the letter sports and bringing, bringing people back and, and trying to get them on campus. So it's uh, really, really impressive. I'm once again, just proud to be a Tiger. Very good, and that's good to hear. They take care of you guys because you y'all did do a good job, and more work than anybody that didn't play probably is aware of for sure uh, off the field. So I have a question. So as we were doing our research, this this picture, yeah, this like always pops up, and I, I'm like, Vance played defensive tackle. So the question is, how did you end up with the ball, and did you score? Oh God! Well, yeah, I had a couple of people put that on uh, the chat on Facebook, and I was like, "Well, I kind of thought Paul Harvey." I said, "Wait, you know, now the rest of the story." Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm probably aging myself saying Paul Harvey, you know. Uh, so anyway, uh, that was against North Carolina, baby blue. Because, uh, like I said, baby blue always looks best in my tail lights. But anyway, <laughs> uh, it was a, a hitch pass. Uh, that they threw a uh, uh, Donald, I think, was the quarterback man. I can't remember the kid's name, 
big old scrappy youngster, as Coach Ford would say. But anyway, he threw a hitch pass, and uh, I turned and ran to the ball, you know, uh, like, you know, you do all the time, pursuit angles, pursuit angles, pursuit right. angles. So, kids, listen, if he's any young kids out there, pursuit angles matter. Yeah. Run your pursuit angles. That's right. Uh, you never know where that ball might come or that, <laughs> that runner might bounce towards you. So, take your angles. There's a reason for the season. But I took the pursuit angle. It bounced off. Donnell Wolford ju- jumped, jumped the hitch. So, Wolford was just an you know, unbelievable corner. First-round draft choice, Chicago Bears, and just a beast. Uh, so, he, he jumped the hitch. And when he jumped the hitch, the ball hit him square in the helmet. <laughs> And when it hit him in the helmet, it came back toward me end over end. And it hit me right in the belly. And I just, thank God I ran the right direction because I just started laughing my butt off. I could not believe I was holding the football in front of 80,000 people. <laughs> and they all going ballistic. So that, that was really, I, I took off. I made 37 yards. Uh, I tell Otis Moore, uh, and, uh, the, you know, if you, you block that guy, I appreciate it. But the quarterback's the one you should have got because he's the one that knocked me out of the bounds, out of bounds at the two in, in front of the cheerleaders. Uh, but, yeah, made it to the two-yard line. And uh, they fired the cannon anyway. I knew the guy that, that was the cheerleader. I think he was so excited he fired it. But we always told everybody, did it. We always told everybody, did he pulled his revolver out and let a few loose. <laughs> that would have been good. Close, pretty close. Close enough. That was awesome. It was, uh, that, that picture's followed me a long time. It really has. Well, uh, you know, I was rounding up some pictures. My wife is actually one of the librarians at Dorman. Oh, so oh. I actually had access to some yes. older, older pictures. Uh, James, that's media yes. specialist. Uh, well, she's—I think they're back to librarians Ooh. now. Oh, okay, oh, okay. I'm, I don't know. So, Ooh. but uh, yeah, we figured we wouldn't go there, but some some old high school. Oh, throw them up, Cavalier just, pictures. Ooh. The mullet's coming back. Show it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it hurt my feelings. Yeah. I, I think I, I think when I did my letter of intent up there in the in uh my hand up there across from the weight room where we signed, Mama was up there in the picture in the Herald Journal, and I think I had on a polo with an Oxford over the top with my collar up, and I was like, God, I really dated myself there. That's, it. <laughs> That's right, classic, <laughs> classic. classic. Exactly. So, you want to tell us one more time about you know how could folks support your organization or anything uh, before oh, sure. we let you go? I'd be glad to. Thank you so much. Uh, it's Kids Upstate. Uh, like I said, we are uh, at kidsupstate.org. Uh, you can pick a club. We're in District 3 in all elementary schools. We're in District uh, 7, all elementary schools. And District 2, all elementary schools. And also in Cherokee County. Uh, so you can even go in there and pick a, a school or a site that you know that you uh, may have a child in or you may want to know more about uh, in those schools for after school programs and where we're serving kids. And uh, go check us out. We're, we're we're really doing some great work. And I want to say one thing too. I want to say this is not. I want, please, please, please let me. This this is most important of all that we talk about and he all about. And there's a generation of kids coming through. They're doing great things, and they're making great decisions. And they want to do good things. They are doing good things. Please don't get caught up in this world. And. Go see these youngins, go hold these youngins, go hold your own youngins, and go have fun with them because they are doing great things. This world is not winning. These kids are making great choices spiritually, education-wise, and let me tell you right now, there's great things coming on, great things coming on in this future. Hold on, keep working, keep loving, keep hugging. Ask every kid every day. How was your day? What did you have for lunch? What can I do to help? Those three questions 
child ought to hear every day of their life. Amen. So our guest last week, Alex, uh, an 11th grader, was a message about telling kids, don't believe what's on social media. Believe. You know, believe in yourself. He, he, good, good. There's some really, really good kids out there. Uh, I know Bailey and I uh, get to help those kids on a daily basis. Vance, we had to get you come to our schools. Love to. Let me know. Yeah. Love to, love yeah. to be there. We, we're kind of tucked away, but uh, that would be really, really good stuff. And we do, we do appreciate appreciate you being on. Uh, that's a, I don't nothing else to say in closing, uh, better than that right there. Uh, and but maybe we can definitely stay in touch. And uh, you always welcome at the Fun Fans Tailgate over <laughs> on uh, uh, the extension over there. And uh, just great to have you once again. And go Tigers! We appreciate it. Go Tigers. Thank, Thank you so you. much for having me. Thank you for your time. Appreciate you being here. Thank you. Appreciate you. All right, B. That was that, that was, was good cool. stuff. Good stuff. Man, that, yeah, that was really good. Really, really. I don't, you know, I, we, I think we, we almost should just end and move on, but. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, no. <laughs> we cannot do that because it is time for Bailey's basketball update let's hear yes. it so, all right so clemson split two games this week if you don't know you you know now uh beat florida state by 40 points at home uh the other night and then lost last night at louisville on the road uh louisville arena probably basketball's bigger in kentucky <laughs> and uh, they're not used to having three or four wins on the season but uh, their arena probably holds 20,000 people, and it was pretty full last night because they were honoring uh, the last national championship team that they had, and then they decided to play like, uh, you know, maybe they were capable of playing, and Clemson honestly didn't shoot the ball well at all uh, and lost a game they shouldn't have lost. All right, so it happens. Now, the funny thing is um, I've got a friend of mine who starts – he doesn't text me Brownell hate mail – when they beat Florida State by 40 points. He doesn't right. text me Brownell hate mail when they win the first seven games of the ACC. But last night, it was welcome to the NIT, you know, so long NCAA tournament. And I just disagreed with him. You know, he wants Coach Brownell to be removed. And now, I did not respond to him last night because I was a little irritated with the game. And – I knew that I would have a chance on this podcast to do this, and he will be a new uh, listener and subscriber and watcher right, right after we get done here tonight. All right, so I'm going to give you a little bit of background. In 112 seasons of basketball at Clemson, the overall record is 1399 and 1350. Okay, that is the definition of mediocrity. That's right. All right, 51% winning percentage, and I round it up. Okay. All right. The bottom line is Clemson currently has they, – they're second in the nation in free throw percentage. All right. So last night was one of those nights where they weren't even making their free throws. All right. They have the most wins in conference history for Clemson University right now. They don't win another one. They tied. And they have one of the best defensive teams in the conference, uh, according to the stats. And, you know, sometimes – like Vance was talking about, football is 11 on 11. Basketball is only five on five. So Louisville has five legit Division One basketball players. All right? And those five did not get in foul trouble. They played well. They killed us on the glass. We did not shoot it well. 
and you lose the game. All right, that's what it happens. It, it's hard to win on the road. I don't care what conference you play in, it's hard to win on the road. Now, I'm going to go a little bit deeper into Clemson basketball history. All right, so in our lifetime, James, I'm going to skip Tate Slot because he was the coach when we were born. Okay. All right, because my buddy sent me a text, and if just bear with me, I'm going to read it. Okay. I said, I hope for Cle for your sake that Clemson gets another coach so you can complain about that one too. <laughs> and he said, well, I didn't complain about Rick Barnes, Bill Foster, and Cliff Ellis. All right, so let me go through the coaches in our lifetime, and I'm just going to do ACC record. All right. All right, Bill Foster was the coach for nine seasons. He was 44 and 74 in the Atlantic Coast Conference. That's Ooh. 37%. He went to two NCAA tournaments. Cliff Ellis for the next 10 years was 56 and 90 in the ACC, and that's 38%. He went to three NCAA tournaments. Rick Barnes, four years, Rick Barnes, 28. And Rick Barnes was, is a great coach. Yeah, I loved Rick Barnes. He was coaching when I first started coaching, and I tried to do every everything like he did. And he stood up to Dean Smith at the Dean Dome. But he was only 28 and 36 in the ACC. That's 43%. He went to three NCAA tournaments. Larry Scheid after that was 20 and 50 in the ACC, 28%, no tournaments. Seven years, Oliver Purnell, 50 and 62 in the ACC. That's 45%, three NCAA tournaments. And in his 13th season, Brad Brownell, who is the school leader in wins, is 114 and 116 in the ACC, which is just under 50%. Right. He is the most successful coach in the ACC ever at Clemson. All right. And he's been to three NCAA tournaments. So right. let's let's put everything in perspective before we – we like Vance just told us, we live in this world that's not right. And because we have social media, we have ESPN, we have Fox Sports, we have all these outlets that they can talk about everything all the time, the easiest thing to do is to blame the coach and fire the coach. That's what we do. That's right. All right? Well, I can tell you that Brad Brownell knows basketball. And we had open three after open three after open three after open three, and we didn't make them last night. Well, guess what coach put them in the position to have a wide-open three-pointer? Same one. Same yeah. one. Yeah. Right? He can't make the shots. All right, and, yeah, I'm a little fired up about this because it's just not fair. You know, I coach forever. It's not fair. It's not fair to the people. He, The people sitting at home getting throwing stuff at the television, they don't watch film six mm. hours a day. They don't practice for two more hours. They don't get on a bus or a plane or whatever. And then their livelihood depends on the actions of 18 to 22-year-olds. Right. <laughs> they don't do that. So let's let's just put it all in perspective and where Brad Brownell ranks in terms of ACC wins among Clemson coaches and how well-respected he is in the ACC. Yeah. So I, I am now off my soapbox. There you go. Good job. I appreciate all the numbers. Uh, kind of bigger picture view, in my opinion, is that the the program is obviously better. Like this is one of the best seasons, other than that year we won the regular season ACC just that one time in the middle of not really good stuff. 
he's building the right type of program. You can't fire the people that talk about firing somebody. They obviously are not in positions to really evaluate somebody's overall job performance and make a decision on whether they want to keep it or not. And, you know, there may come a time where he's no longer the, the coach at Clemson, but he is still building the program and overall the program is continuing to get better overall. Now we like you said, we lost a game we should not have lost, but you, you don't you don't hire or fire somebody off of of one basketball game. So hang in there. There's four games left. Am I right? That's right. Oh yeah, we got Wednesday night Syracuse at home. I'm just going to tell you, at NC State next Saturday is going to be tough, really and, tough. And that's a very important game, right? Because that's the that's the four or five. Clemson's still in fourth place. Still in fourth place right now. Still in fourth place. You want to get those two buys, but that game against NC State is big, right? That's a when big it comes one. To that. And then yep. there's because then if you end up tied with them and you've beaten them twice, you win the tiebreaker. Then at Virginia on the 28th, which is another very difficult road game. <laughs> All That's right. right. Virginia is a top 10 team. And then home on March the 4th, senior day, Notre Dame. And then the tournament starts the next week. All right. Every, if they win the last two games, they're 21 and 10 overall. And they're like uh, 13 and seven in the ACC, which would be the best record Clemson has ever had in the ACC. Yeah. Yeah. We're, it's <laughs> or the most steps. wins, the most wins. And, yeah, it does help that they added more teams and now you play 20 games, but it's all relative. And when you build it, honestly, when you build a program historically, if a program is built step-by-step, year-over-year, it takes time, they usually last longer. Coming in and one time and, hey, everything's, you you know, 25 wins, whatever, whatever, uh, sometimes that's a one-and-done thing for a, for a program. And if you're really wanting to build a program and you want it to be big time, it, sometimes it's slow going step by step. In my opinion, that's the way Brownell's doing it. Speaking of big time, J-Do, MC, entertainer, entrepreneur, pep rallies, corporate events, game shows, fundraisers, galas, etc. Just put that man on the mic and let him liven up the party. Not only is J-Do a friend of mine, I've seen him work, and you and your organization will not be disappointed anytime you add J-Do to your function. You can find him at itsjdo.com and on all forms of social media at it's jadu and we've talked about how i do have another gala coming up and we'll talk about that later we're always working to improve here and the fanboys is growing and real quick we're just going to point out this weekend was opening day weekend at clemson so the girls softballs 10 and 0 but they first home series was this weekend and uh, they are ranked, I think, number seven. Maybe it depends on what poll you're looking at. And the Clemson baseball team started, speaking of new coaches, starting under a new coach, off to a great start. 3-0, and they uh, swept the series this weekend. And you can find all of the updates on those sports and more at Winning Edge Sports Network. So Now, the baseball team, I will say this. They outscored Binghamton, Binghamton, New York, 32 to 6, and they stole 17 bases in three games. Wow. So that's a lot of stolen bases in three games. That is. That's huge. Huge. All right. So, and, and what else? That's happening on the diamond. What else is what going on? What else is on the diamond? Okay. Well, all right. Oh. Here we go. So it's time for 
a little bit of product placement from our friends Diamond at Etched Products. Diamond Etch Products. And it's also time for our first fun fan tumbler giveaway. Is lighting good? Look here. So that's a fun fan tumbler that is going to the winner. So we did a drawing from our subscribers on YouTube. And thanks again to the Diamond Etch Products. The guys have mastered a diamond laser engraving process. They can put almost any design on items such as license plates, yard signs, tumblers, water bottles, and more for a high quality, forever lasting custom engraved product. Check out Diamond Etch Products at diamondetchproducts.com for inquiries or orders. Reach out to Jalen at diamondetchproducts.com. So we we did a drawing and we have a winner. Okay. We have a winner. I'm going to get this tumbler to the winner this week is Kevron Harris. So Kevron, if you're watching my man, I'm going to reach out to you. Congratulations on social you're the media. First. Yeah. He's the first winner. And so we've got high quality koozies. These are stainless steel double, uh, you know, bottle or can koozies here. And I'm going to reach out to Kevron and make sure I get him his tumbler. But if from what we're going to do is we're going to switch to drawing out of our followers on Facebook and Twitter. And we'll alternate Facebook one week, Twitter the next, whatever. So find find us on uh, social media. We're not that hard to find at Fun Fans Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok as well. And make sure you like and follow. And every week we'll do a drawing of our followers to give away. And we'll also alternate uh, the koozies and the tumblers. But if you do not want to wait, if you just can't wait, we're going to post a link to our new merch store. We have two merches. That's still a merch store. If you got two pieces of merchandise Short for merchandise, merch yes. merchandise. So uh, well, you, you'll be able to go online and order your own fun fans, tumbler and or koozie or, you know, just order, as many as you want. For or you your, just subscribe or follow us and you have a chance to win every week. Chance to win every week. So until further notice, we will keep that in mind for Facebook followers. We'll alternate Facebook, Twitter. Hey, so, mom, mom, subscribe yeah. to us. You get a <laughs> chance right. to win. Make sure you subscribe. Check us out each and every week. Click subscribe on the platform. Don't just go when you find us. Definitely YouTube as well. We mentioned before that we're always getting better. We're always trying to improve around here. Just want to point out that we now have professional consulting and advisement from a longtime radio and media talent, Captain Jim Slade. Captain Jim is part of the Tanner in the Morning show on WSOC 103.7 out of Charlotte. So I want to give uh, Captain Jim a huge shout out. You know, Bailey, we thought that, you know, we maybe couldn't be any better, but if we get better, if, if things start improving around here, I guess we might have to give credit to, to Captain Jim a little bit. So yeah, I mean, I'll listen to him in the morning. I'll call in. Tell him yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, well, he does a segment, Ask Captain Jim. So that that's pretty cool. So check him out. What, of course, after you've listened to our podcast on your way to work in the morning, we're definitely going to continue to bring you great stories of fun fans, plenty of great guests. We got a former baseball player coming. Uh, we got the president of Ipte lined up. Well, lined up, not set in a date just yet, but that's coming. So you do not want to miss the show. Bailey, you got anything else for the listeners? 
Yeah, just remember I said this. I don't know if you can see. I got my Baltimore Orioles. Uh, I noticed that hoodie on, and this is the year of the the O, and and we'll be on here at the end of baseball season too. So we'll talk about it. Okay, We're all right. That fans. sounds good. That sounds good. So on behalf of the Fun Fans Podcast, J Thriller Entertainment, the Fanboys Fangirls Podcast Network, and Bailey Jackson. That's right. Big shout out to Vance Hammond and his organization, KidsUpstate.org, for being with us. And we what a great are out of here. Yeah, that was a great guest today. Thank you guys it for was listening. Awesome.